Hello and welcome to Culture Sex Relationships with me, Justin Hancock. I'm the host now. Um, this is like an agony uncle episode, so I'm going to resurrect the advice shows that me and Meg John used to do. Now it'll just be me, probably, depending, don't know. Um, so if you have any questions that you would like to ask for future shows, please email them over to culturesexrelationships at gmail.com. Um, also, I should probably do a theme tune at some point. Uh, I know I've talked about this in the past, but uh, if you want to feel part of the show, dear listener, and really help me out here, um, forward me some clips of rights-free music that you can use on a podcast, crucially, um, that you think would work well at the beginning of culture, sex, relationships. That would be great. I'm doing all the work around here. I don't, you know, help me out here. Okay, so the uh, here's I've got a question about uh, sex in COVID bubbles. I'm going to try and answer. Um, First of all, a compliment, which I'm going to read out. Uh, Hey, I want to say thanks for all your work. It's great, and I recommended this podcast to a bunch of mates. You're really doing a service here, and I'm incredibly appreciative. That's very kind of you. Thank you. My question is kind of related to COVID bubbles and COVID horniness. Is it cool to ask someone you're bubbling with if they want to have sex? Can you do this in a way which doesn't mess up the delicate ecosystem of the bubble slash leaves loads of room for them to say no and in a way where you can maintain vibes where you're comfortable with hanging out whatever the outcome it seems like there's pros and cons but just wondering what your take is and if you've got any advice as to how to be really careful with consent about around this question excellent question i'm sure a lot of people are thinking about this have thought about this maybe even have navigated this if you have uh, let me know. Um, I think the first thing to think about is that you're talking about change and you're talking about explicitly creating a change in the relationship that you have, in the, the home life that you have. But change is inevitable and we're always changing. Even thinking about whether you might want to have sex in a bubble, sending this email to me has made a change. Me reading this answer back to you, you listening to this answer is changing what's going on. There are constant changes happening all the time at very small levels to very much bigger, larger levels. And noticing this change is really, really important. Okay, And it's important to stay interested and curious about what's going on. Because then you go to talk on, talk about delicate ecosystems. Um, so... The delicate ecosystem that you're talking about sounds quite nice, sounds like you're quite comfortable hanging out with each other, sounds like it's pretty good, and it's certainly something that you want to protect. But how has your delicate ecosystem got to that point? Okay, this is a thing that you really need to think about before you start thinking about whether you're going to want to introduce any kind of sexy times into the equation. Think about what processes you have in place to keep your home this kind of comfortable place where you can hang out with each other, this delicate ecosystem that you don't want to mess up. What's, what are your processes? Like, how have you done that? And how have you navigated the changes that you will have experienced? Like, you will have experienced many, many changes living together during a pandemic and during the lockdown. I don't know how many people you're living with. It doesn't really say here. Um, but how have you navigated this so far? Uh, have you had explicit conversations about this or is it just something that you're paying attention to is it just one of you doing all the work or are you both or all of you doing all of the work is it just you doing the work dear listener of uh, navigating these processes where you live in a a harmonious home environment or are you all doing a little bit of work and is it kind of less explicit work where you talk about the changes where you talk about what's going on in your house and your home and how you manage things Um, Or are you doing this kind of more delicate, more nuanced, embodied, ongoing kind of work with each other? Are you kind of noticing body language? Are you noticing when people are a bit pissed off about something and then avoiding doing that? Are you uh, noticing the general vibes of what's going on? Is everyone just being quite careful and just being quite sensitive to each other? Um, Or are you being much more explicit about it and, you know, don't leave the iron there. Please don't eat this food. That was my tinned sweet corn. Please, will you mop the floor? Please don't leave your washing in the machine. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? Is this stuff you explicitly talk about or is this stuff that you just implicitly don't talk about? Okay. Think about what the rules you have in place already are about contact. You will have some rules. They just might not be written up or might not be things that you've actually said out loud. But you've got some rules about contact. 
So, and intimacy, sexual chats and flirtation. So, uh, what are the rules about how you touch each other? Like, do you hug each other? Do you uh, stroke each other when you're lying on the sofa? Do you nuzzle up? Uh, do you snuggle? Do you sometimes lie in bed together? Um, do you just shake hands? Do you never touch each other? Do you just give each other kind of like military style salutes while you walk past each other? Like what what are the rules in place that you have about contact already? Okay. What are the rules that you have around intimacy? Um, like sharing sexual times? Do you kind of give each other massages? Uh, do you touch each other in ways that might feel intimate or close or sensual or comforting? Come on to this a bit later on. Do you have sexual chats? Uh, do, are you able to just openly talk about sex in your household? Is uh, And are those sexy chats kind of... Uh, are there, is there any intention with any of those sexy chats? Also think about flirtation. Do you compliment each other? Do you get a sense that you might some of you might fancy each other? Um, do you say nice... Do you say that other people are attractive? What are the rules around all this stuff? And notice what is implicit and what is explicit. And if it's implicit, why is it implicit? Okay. Then also think about what would really destroy this ecosystem. Okay. What would be really bad? What would be a bad thing to do? What has happened that has been really bad? And what wouldn't you like to see happen again? What has been good? What has enhanced it? What would you like to see more of? Has there been anything which has happened where... Um, Something's really, really good has happened, and you want more of that to happen. Okay, I'm not even the way that you talk about the delicate ecosystem. It kind of you're making it sound like you are making it sound like vibes. You're making it sound like it's magical. You're making it sound like if you talk about it too much, then it'll just go away like a delicate flower or um, a precious object. And actually, you need to be able to hold on to it in a way that where you can be curious about it and figure out what's going on um, whilst also um, not damaging it in the process. Um, so you do actually have to be a bit more curious and look at it. The reason why you're all getting on together and the reason why uh, home feels nice is not just because uh, you all have this magical chemistry and you all get along and it's seamless and you don't have to talk to each other about this stuff. Like someone's doing work. Like, people are doing work to make this happen, and that is explicit work or implicit work, okay? So talk about it and be open about it. Um, next, is there a vibe? So when I'm giving advice to people about how to chat someone up consensually, like how to chat, get chatting to someone, how to flirt with someone, how to ask someone for a date, like, you can't just go over and say, you know, hey, look, look. Uh, as we'd say in Derby, um, without any kind of sense that this was welcome. Like, you look for eye contact. You look to see whether someone's turned their body towards you. Are they smiling? Are they in some way beckoning you to come over? As you slowly walk over there, are they turning away? Have they gone cold? Do they look away? Do they look a bit embarrassed? In which case, you just walk back. Like, these are things that you have to be, I guess, quite neurotypical uh, to spot. Um, but if you do have the capacity to be able to read people in this way. Have you seen a vibe? Has there been any indication at all that uh, an, an, an advance or talking about maybe the possibility of having some sexy times might be welcome? So if someone said, oh God, I'm so horny or I just wish I could date someone right now or I'd give anything to just shag that person again, even though it was bad, I'm just desperate for a shag. Or you might be wondering whether they've changed sex because it's been so long or uh, someone saying, I'm just so bored of wanking. You know, I just wish that I could just do it with someone else. You know, that kind of thing. If there's been anything like that said, then it might be an indication that, that this is something that might be welcome. There might be other vibes that you, that in your delicate ecosystem, if you're really curious about it, you might have noticed something else. But I would say here, if there's no vibe at all, then just don't do it, okay? Um, just be, if the if it's not, if it's not likely to be welcome, then, then don't do it, I think. I think also it might be useful for you to think about what it is that you might want from the sex. So this sex that you're kind of hoping you might be able to have with your housemate or housemates, um, what, what kinds of sexual, intimate or sensual contact might do this? Um, 
I think that's kind of interesting to to think about. The what is it that you're wanting? Um, we'll come onto this in a bit, but you know there are lots of different motivations and reasons for why people might have sex. It might be useful for you to think about what some of those might be, because it might be that actually it could just be something else that you could do with your housemates or without your housemates that might give you some of these things. Um, if you're unsure about. Um, or if you are so unsure about the the vibe and you really don't want to ruin the ecosystem, it could be that there's something else other than sex that might be um, that might give you the thing that it is that you're wanting. Um, also, think about what the home means to you. So, and think about this for you, but also think about how this might be for others. Again, thinking about conversations you've had. Think about what home means to you, what people say about it. So for some people, home can be a place where it can feel sexy and it can feel um, really nice. That sometimes that safety, the um, the comforting kind of aspect of home and this kind of nice friendly vibe that it sounds like you have can feel sexy to some people. Others find that that really isn't sexy at all. Some people associate that with more kind of family times, more kind of, you know, everyone kind of getting along. So there is this tension between that a lot of people who live together have in romantic sexual relationships, which is um, where's that tension between uh, familiar warmth and hot sexy times. Like there might be, it might be that somebody might be might be interested in, in having the person you live with or the people you live with might actually be interested in having sex with you, but not in the home right it might be that they do actually quite fancy you but in the home to them it would feel a bit more like you know parents brother and sister all that kind of stuff which for most people isn't hot despite what you might see in basically every porn video now um so how might you employ even if even if you were to be able to even if you were thinking about having sex how might you employ different aspects of your relationship to be able to manage these often competing vibes like it might just be worth thinking about what home means to you and what you want home to be a place of, okay? And remember that we that we don't always get everything from one place, even though this might just be like a, an emergency situation, which I think might be, uh, which I'll talk about in a bit, actually. The other thing to think about here, sorry, I've got many questions to ask you for you to think about before I even get to the advice, but I think this is important. I think, you know, good advice giving and um, I do, by the way, I do have people pay me to do this. So if you want to pay me to have um, a chat about this, uh, about a chat about stuff, you can actually do that. People do do that and they, they like it. Anyway, that's a plug for my own work. Anyway, um, but yeah, good advice giving is just about, is often about asking really good questions for you to take away and think think for yourself because there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer to everyone's uh, problems um, and I don't want to be the kind of expert who is telling everyone how to live their lives in a particular way. Me and Meg John have talked about this many times. It's the kind of um, advice work that me and other people like uh, Dr. Petra Boynton like to do. It's like it's important to have uh, to ask you really interesting critical questions for you to think about what's going on for you. So the next thing I like to think about is your sexuality scale. Um, and this relates to the meanings that sex has for you. But if you're someone who can have like friendly sex, if you're someone who can who sees sex as an activity that you can just do with someone uh, in the same way that you can just watch a film with someone or have dinner with them uh, or any other kind of activity, um, then that's fine. You might be someone who might be... So the sexuality scale that I'm talking about here is a scale from asexual to allosexual. So asexual folk don't experience very much or any uh, sexual attraction or sexual desire. The other end of that scale, like the, the other um, pole of the scale, is with allosexuality where people do feel a lot of sexual attraction, a lot of sexual desire. And for a lot of allosexual people... I'm not suggesting this is a label that we could all take on, but I think it's just a useful scale to think about in terms of our relationship to sex. Allosexual people might be like, well, it's just sex. I can just do this. It's fine. It's just like anything else. You know, a lot of people find that um, sex for them is as meaningful or even less meaningful than cooking someone dinner, for example, which might, to many people might be a tremendous act of um, intimacy or that actually sleeping with someone might be, a gr might, uh, I mean, a greater deal of intimacy um, for some people than uh, just having sex with them for a few minutes or an hour or however long people have sex. Um, 
So if you're the kind of person who could just do it with a housemate and it's not a problem, it's just a fun thing to do, then that might put you at the allosexual end of the scale, somewhere in that kind of region. But your housemates might not be up there. Your housemates might be either not that sexual or they might only really be interested in sex within the, the context of a close, intimate relationship. You know, that maybe sex means intimacy for them. Maybe sex is one of the more intimate things they might do with someone. Maybe sex is... Um, uh, something that they do want to regard as being not special, but I guess like uh, something important that they don't do very much of and you want to do it in particular contexts that feel okay to them. Everywhere, Everyone is somewhere on this spectrum, okay? If you kind of think that you're both at the allosexual end of things and you both could have like a more, what we would say, recreational attitude towards sex, um, then... It might be something you could go for, and it might be something that you could go for, and it wouldn't break the ecosystem. It wouldn't damage the... the, the I'm using your term, ecosystem, but I think the harmony, harmonious relationships that you've slowly built over the time you've lived with the other, with uh, people in your home might be a better way of putting it, but it's not so catchy. But that's what we mean when I'm talking about ecosystem. Um, it's not just happened to you. It didn't just arrive like a, a magical thing. It's something you've made happen with a series of processes and work anyway sorry to keep going on about that but it's true um next how many people are there in your bubble so um if it's just one other person in your bubble that you're living with then um then that's one thing uh but what if there's another what if there are three or four people living in your bubble are you wanting to explore sexy times with all of them which might be hot but incredibly difficult to organise because you've got to think about all of this for everyone at all times. Uh, if you then negotiate uh, sexy times with only one of your housemates or not all of your housemates, how what and you have and you have nice sex with the housemate that you, you've chatted with about this, how's that going to affect the ecosystem of everyone everyone else in the house? Like, how's that going to affect all of the other relationships? Are people going to feel put out? Are you going to be read as people who are now more close? Um, are you going to be read... Is there going to be, like, a, a hierarchy now, okay, because you are, you know, a sexual couple? You know, like they did in Friends, you know, as soon as people have sex, it's like, oh, well, you're now more important than everyone else. You know, there are many reasons to hate that show. Uh, that's just one of them. Despite the fact that I've watched, I've watched them all. But, you know, we live, we grow, we learn. Um, so, yeah, so think about how this is going to affect everyone within the bubble, but also think about the broader ecosystem outside the bubble, even though the bubble is where you um, can have uh, touch and you can um, you know, do all the things that you're allowed to do. Uh, normally in a pandemic with, with people. That doesn't mean that any sexual activity you have within the bubble is not going to affect people outside the bubble. So think about your relationships with other people, just like we, um, you know, we don't have to be... Relationships with other people can definitely be sexual, even if they don't involve in-person sex. You can have in extremely intimate, sexy, meaningful, close, uh, mind-blowing, transcendent uh, sex via zoom you know or via your phone uh, or via chatting um or via reading something together or watching something together you know this is possible people have been doing that so um just because you might be having thinking about having sex in person within the bubble that doesn't mean it's not going to affect any existing sexual relationships that may or may not have been happening outside the bubble this is also true for the future as well of course um is this just a Break glass break. Is this just a break glass in case of emergency? Uh, is this just a? Uh, are you? Is this just the pot noodle at the back of the cupboard that you've been saving for a, you know, for an emergency? <laughs> uh, uh, do people do that? I don't know. But what happens after? Basically, like, if is this just like? Are you wanting to approach this as a? Look, we're all in a bit of a pickle here. I'm horny as fuck. We've only got a few weeks left before we're all vaccinated or before the lockdown is eased. But I'm so horny, I might chew my, you know, I don't know, something off. <laughs> Arm off. <laughs> Why would that help with your horniness? Good question, Justin. If only I had someone to bounce this off with. But no, I'm doing it with myself. It's fine. Anyway, uh, if you like, oh, I'm just so horny. Can we please just like 
what about, you know, we just do this for an emergency. It like, doesn't have to mean anything. And then afterwards, you're like, is this just for now? Or, or are you actually thinking this might change things? Um, and if you don't think it's going to change things forever, if you don't think that even if you maintain living with each other after um, you're able to leave your bubbles, if you don't think that's going to change, why is that? Like, what, how, what's, what's your best case scenario for this? Like, work it out in your head. What's the story about how this is going to happen? Okay. Um, also, about this, before we get to the actual first bit of advice I'll give you, um, before this, is this a fantasy? Okay. So, if you're like, you know, going to bed at night and you're thinking, you're having horny thoughts about your roommate or roommates, and you're like, Oh, I just really wish that really, you know, you're imagining lots of scenarios and you're running through things in your head or you're just enjoying the free zone and the excitement of uh, the touch that you're getting at that moment or uh, the kind of the being with them. You're just kind of enjoying that kind of, you know, whatever is happening. Then you need to you need to then think about, well, what happens if we act on the fantasy, okay? What made John and I said in our episode about crushes and whether we should act on a crush is that, you know, a crush can actually feel quite nice, you know, a fantasy can feel quite sexy, you know, it's like, at the moment, we're all bored, you know, unless we're working really hard and uh, either at home with kids or uh, out doing uh, vital key essential work, if we're locked down and, uh, and, we're not ha- and we're not that busy, we're bored we're just so bored so actually having like something a distraction something which feels exciting might just be quite nice to preserve for yourself right and as soon as we act on a fantasy as soon as we act on a crush then poof it's gone right that freeze on can be gone and so you not only might be might upset the delicate ecostructure or the delicate ecosystem as you call it of your home but also if you did that and everyone's like nah don't don't really fancy it then also, and also your fantasy slash your crush is gone, which you may have been enjoying, okay? It's okay just to enjoy fantasies. In fact, uh, fantasy, I think it's certainly in sex education and generally in our discourses about our oh, use of discourses, oh no, uh, in our general kind of the culture that we have um, around better, the culture that we have around sex and relationships says that, you know, fantasies aren't real, crushes aren't real, you know, and so they're not worthy, they're not worthwhile, they're not exciting, they're not potentially something that we might enjoy. I uh, think that's completely wrong. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it could just be something that you actually like and you might want to continue. So think about that too. Right, here's some actual advice. So, <laughs> so I think what you could do is, if you are sensing that there's a vibe, okay, then what you could do is to start by opening it all up and making the implicit explicit. So go back to what I was saying about the ecosystem and all of the implicit rules that you probably have in place around around touch and intimacy and sex and uh, sexual chats and flirtatiousness and that kind of stuff, compliments, that kind of thing. Go back to this and all of the other rules, all of the other processes that you have in place about how your home is harmonious. Like go to that and say, look, how do you feel about just having a chat about all of this stuff? You know, let's open it. Let's open up all the things in the ecosystem and think about what might enhance it. What might be what might not be so good? What might be deleterious to the ecosystem? What small changes might we make in our day-to-day lives? It could be that you might reveal some things where you're just kind of pissed off with each other about someone leaving the iron out, or someone eating someone's sweet corn, or someone leaving the washing in the machine. I don't know. It's been a while since I lived with someone. But um, it could reveal some, some stuff that actually might make your living situation even more harmonious. Also, it might bring in a little bit more solidity if you can make the implicit explicit because then if you can say what's going on going on and somehow enshrine what's going on whilst also being able to allow for change and to uh, allow for change to constantly happen you can also have a bit of solidity where the ecosystem suddenly doesn't feel so delicate or it actually starts to feel structural more like a home that where you can actually feel comfortable and so and you're not always going on vibes so i would uh, first of all think about making explicit everything that is implicit okay 
then as part of this conversation, you can start to say what it is that you might want. So if, we're talk if you're talking about everything and talking about how you relate to each other, what it is that you value and might not value, you could be, you could just say, look, it's important to say what you want. Now, the thing here, and you know, a lot of, it kind of implicit in your question and implicit in a lot of the questions I get from people is, how can I ask for what I want without asking for what I want? How can I ask for what I want without it changing anything? And so the thing is here is that the only answer here is that to be brave. You just got to be brave. That's that's the thing. And I think that should be our answer about many things. Just be brave. And to be able to say what it is that you want is really important. I and mean, of course you can do this consensually. Um, but say, try to articulate what it is that you want. Um, you don't have to say absolutely, definitely, certainly what it is that you want. In fact, having more of a vague notion of the kinds of things that you might be up for is a better way of approaching this consensually because then um, you're giving a range of possible answers, a range of possible options. You're inviting other people to think about whether it is they'd be interested in having a different kind of relationship with you. And this might mean, um, uh, you know, very... Uh, very physical, in you know, very physical, very naked, you know, very genital uh, uh, sexual activity in that kind of way that we see in yeah, TV. Uh, I'm watching It's a Sin at the moment, so I'm constantly thinking about all of the sex that was happening during the Hooked on Classics uh, montage. It's not a spoiler. There is a lot of sex with where they have sex to Hooked on Classics. It's worth watching just for that bit. It's kind of good. Um, so, yeah, having... It's good not to, we all don't know exactly what it is that we desire anyway. And being asked to perfectly articulate what it is that you desire is both kind of wrong-headed and a bit kind of like, it's a bit like optimistic. You know, it's just better to have a vague notion. So if you can say, look, if anyone else is up for this, I'd be up for having a bit of sexy times, you know, or, you know, doing some, you know, I noticed that we kind of give each other a cuddle on the sofa. I'd be up for these being, you know, slightly more than a cuddle. You know, what? where's everyone else on this? Like, ask the questions like that. Don't come to it as someone who has gone away and written all of these answers down and said, you know, I definitely want to do some dry humping with you on a Thursday at 6.30, just before we have our tea. Um, I know that's vegan night uh, and we have to get the lentils on to soak, but if we could do that before, I'd really like to do some dry humping at 6.30 on a Thursday. You know, like, don't approach it like that. It's just, you got to be like, you got to have this vague thing where you're really clear what it is that you are, that you are asking for something, but you got to ask in a way where you have, you're very clear that you've got like a vague notion that you are potentially enthusiastic, but that your enthusiasm depends on other people's enthusiasm. So if you came into a conversation saying, look, it would be wrong and incorrect and inaccurate for you to come into a into a conversation saying, "Look, I'm uh, on a scale of um, plus ten to minus ten, with zero being I could go either way. I'm a plus nine on having sexual uh, intercourse with you on a Thursday at six thirty, because you also have to find figure out what their response is." If they're like, I'm a minus eight on that, then you wouldn't be a plus nine, would you? Right? So putting the feelers out there in a way where you're still clearly asking, okay, you can't get away. I'm not saying be vague in order to ask and not ask. But what I'm saying is give a vague notion of what it is that you're asking for and the many different possible ways that you might do that in a way that they can respond in a way where they can, re they can respond to the different range of possible options that you give them. Okay, does that make sense? So just put the feelers out and say, look, I'm interested in having this, uh, in having, in exploring these kinds of, this kind of touch, this kind of intimacy, this kind of sexy times. Do you, how do you feel about that, having a chat about it? Absolutely no problem. If not, don't want it to affect what's going on for us. I really value the home, but for me, it would be nice to have some sexy times because I've not had it in a while. And, you know, however you want to say it, say it but allow other people, give other people the possibilities to meet you, okay? As part of that, you also need to give space and time. You might have been thinking about this for ages, okay? The sent this email like five, six days ago. You might have been thinking about this for weeks, months, right? You might have a really clear idea in your head and you might 
they might kind of find it a bit overwhelming. They might not have thought about it. Or they might have thought about it a bit, but not as much. Or maybe they didn't have been thinking about it just as much as you. Or maybe they've been thinking about it more than you. But you need to allow space and time, okay? Just in case they haven't been thinking about it. Because this might be a little, no matter how you, how, uh, no matter how you kind of cushion and uh, pad and package uh, your articulated desire for sexy times, it might not land in a way where they can just catch it and then immediately know what to do with it, okay? So you need to allow for that, and now for allow some fuzziness. And because of that, you also need to allow for some awkwardness. Like, the I did, um, Meg John actually did a really good podcast with a friend of the show, Elsie Whittington, who I also did record a podcast with about consent education a few weeks ago. The interview Meg John did with LC talked about the importance of embracing awkwardness and not fearing awkwardness. And there's just so much awkwardness around sex, relationships, this kind of thing. Uh, and people try to avoid it. Don't avoid the awkward. You've got to embrace the awkward. Okay. If it's not awkward, in my view, it probably means you're doing it wrong. It probably means that someone is just going along with something in order to make you feel okay or doing a lot of emotional work to make you not feel awkward. Okay. Um, I think that's probably what's happening. I think if it feels awkward and it feels like you don't quite know what to say and you feel like, well, you know, I've put my desires and wishes out there. I'm now feeling a bit awkward because they might not be met and you're worried about rejection and the other person is worried about rejecting you. And oh, this is a little bit awkward. Good. It's meant to be awkward. This is an awkward conversation. It's fine. Embrace it. All In some way, I think all sex and all relationships should be awkward. We just have to get better at dealing with the awkward. Um, anyway, go back and listen to what Elsie had to say about this, and uh, I've written about this at my website as well, bishuk.com. I've written about awkwardness. Embrace the awkward. Um, as part of this, notice what's going on for you after you've put it out there. Okay, so after you've articulated, however you've articulated it, after you've done that, notice what's going on for you. Like, are you feeling like a bit, um, you know, this is feeling a bit tense. Is it the kind of, uh, the jittery kind of nervous excitement of asking someone out and hoping they say yes, or does it feel? Does it feel? Is it starting to tip more over into a kind of a, of a dread of what have I done? I'm suddenly feeling a bit unsafe. That kind of thing. It's important to tune into that because if that if your body's starting to tell you if you're starting to feel like a bit of a sick kind of dread feeling in your stomach uh, after you've after you've done this, you know, because this has changed, this might have changed things, then you can take it back. You can say, oh, you know, that thing I was talking about, uh, probably not so keen because I'm not feeling that great about it. Uh, don't try to say, you know, can we just forget it, but just say, well, you know, now that I've said it out loud, maybe I've realized that, that this particular thing might not be, might be a bit too much for me. Would you be interested in either just going back to as we were or something in between, you know, just... I think it's important for you to notice what's going on for you afterwards because it's okay to feel ambivalent, ever-changing feelings because this is what I've been saying. We're all changing at all times. Um, I listened to a podcast about Dillers and Guitar the other day, so, you know, I'm just constantly talking about change. Um, if everyone is keen on some sex, either one other person or everyone in your house, which is like, wow. I mean, you know, if you were all up, if you were all up for that, that would be cool. Um what does everyone want the sex to do for them? Now, this is going back to the thing about what it is that you want the sex to do for you, but it's really a really, really important question that we don't really ask. And that we're not, it's not even that we don't ask it, it's just that we're not interested enough in it, is to really pay attention to the facts and be cognizant of the fact that we'll have sex for lots and lots and lots of different reasons. Apparently, there's a paper about this where um, some researcher found was asking participants about how many different motivations they have for sex or what are their reasons for having sex and they're like 381 different reasons or something and you know so there are many many again i've got a post about this on my website bish uh bish .co, uh, bish .com. uh also i think me and meg john me and meg john definitely did write about this in our book enjoy sex how when and if you want to the multi award-winning bestseller top of the amazon best-selling list uh with we're so rich we're so rich from that book um <laughs> uh, yeah so people have sex for lots of different reasons and it's important to to think about why that might be like you might be dear listener you might be wanting to have sex because you're bored or you want to experience something new 
other people might want to have sex because they really want to feel an emotional, intense connection with you, or um, they want to be in a different headspace, or they want to transcend. Uh, people might want to do it because they want to be in a completely different power dynamic. Like all our, our I think our power dynamics, our sense of power and power dynamics uh, and agency has all been really messed up because of coronavirus. And you know, it might be that you might feel even more interested in exploring a kind of sexual or kink um, activity that really explores what it is to feel a different sense of power, to for someone else to be completely in control and for you to feel okay and to be able to go into a headspace, into a, into a headspace where you might, um, uh, I don't know, be in a trance state or feel, uh, um, you know, what a lot of people refer to as subspace. Um, or you might want to go to try a, the opposite or different dynamic where you are feeling quite powerful and you're you're wanting to transcend some of this boring day-to-day kind of micro acts of care that we have and that you have in your delicate ecosystem it might be that you want to explore being uh, uh being powerful having uh, tremendous amounts of agency and doing that with someone else who is willing to to play the opposite side of that of that kind of role what would that mean for your delicate ecosystem then right um how would you how would you manage that um, it could be that people might want it to be more of a transactional kind of uh, sexual relationship, that people might be up for doing something for, for someone for something other than sex or sexual pleasure they might receive in return. Um, also, it could just be that it, there could be a sexual dynamic where one person just kind of wants to do something for another as like an act of service or a nice thing to do for another person. They might not be necessarily interested in sex, but they might be interested in you know doing things for you. And then it's really important to think about expanding the range of different erotic possibilities that can best meet all of those needs, particularly if you've got, if you're talking to more more than one person, then you definitely have to do this. So you can't just think about sex as just being one thing. God, how many times have I said that? I mean, Meg John said that. It's like, it's our mantra. Sex is not just one thing that we say yes or no to. Sex is many, many different things that can be like, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Yes, no, mm, uh, and lots of other, you know, noises about, like, it's many, many different things with many potential responses that we can have to them, which can all be done in many, many different ways. So it's important in order to meet all of the needs that you might have uh, within your delicate ecosystem and to uh, for the sex to um, be uh, something that is enhancing uh, your home life together, as well as giving everyone what it is that they want from the sex, then we need to have this expanded idea of what sex actually means and what uh, different kinds of sex that we might actually have. That's not to say that, you know, I mean, it's good practice to uh, literally go through a list of things. And Meg John talks about this. I've talked about this at my website, bishuk.com. Um, if you go to uh, different kinds of sex you might want at, if you just Google different kinds of sex you might want, Bish, you'll probably find the article. Uh, again, it's in uh, Enjoy Sex, How, When, and If You Want To. Also now uh, republished as a practical guide to sex because um, the shelves were just... We, we couldn't stock the shelves quickly enough in bookshops with Enjoy Sex, so we had to have Enjoy Sex and a practical guide to sex because the shelves were just heaving with all of our... They just couldn't get them to them quickly enough. Um, so... Uh, we do have like lots of uh, there's lots of kind of things you can do. That one activity that you could do is to think about all the activities that you could do in a separate room. Think about all the activities you could do in the same room, but all your clothes on. Think of all the activities you could do um, same room with your underwear on. Think about all the activities you could do uh, same room with no clothes on. Write them all down on various bits of paper. And you could just go through them and pick out some of the ones that interest you. And then, if you're having a conversation about this then you can start, well, I'm definitely keen on this, and you seem to be definitely keen on this. How about we try this and this? And I think that this is a good thing to do, is to just start with a couple of things you're worth keen on. I mean, at the moment, at this point, I'm just giving you advice about how to have consensual sex. So all the things that we would say that I've said in our book, at my website, in my new book, I should plug my new book. Well, a new book written for a younger audience for over 14s, but I'm sure a lot of adults will like it as well. It's called Can We Talk About Consent? It's got a lot of this stuff about how to ask and how to deal with awkwardness and how it's okay to just not and 
how um, sex and pizza and greetings are many, many different kinds of things that we might respond to in lots of different ways and negotiate different ways of doing them. So, you know, check that out. Can we talk about consent? Um, don't know whether that's a bestseller or not yet. It only came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'll make jokes about that later in the year. Uh, yeah, so then just start with a couple of things that you're keen on. And then for everything else, I'm not going to go through how to have consensual sex because done that to death so go back and listen to some of our podcasts about this um or again read the material i was just telling you about things to pay attention to um in regards to the delegate ecosystem and and any sexual activity that you might have is think about what you really wouldn't want to happen around sex uh for this ecosystem like it could be um it could be that you want to, it could be that it would be weird for you if you did it in the kitchen, for example, right? Maybe a kitchen, I don't, when, a lot, when people live together as housemates, often the kitchen is the place where they chat, they nurture each other, they nourish each other, they have interesting, important conversations. If you, the night before, just fucked on the, the dining room table, it might make the dining room table an entirely different place, you know, objects, and places have different contexts and different memories associated with them that we you know don't make the dining table horny maybe uh, it might be that you want to confine some of the sexy times to your bedroom or you know and to say um this is you know this is where we do it you might also want to think about um if you are going to have sexy times together do we have a sense of um this is an event that happens at a particular time and then there's a beforehand a during and an after and then that's all bound up and then we might do it at another time but we just but that was the thing we did then um because you know these things can bleed over particularly if you were doing something involving um power exchange of some description whether we you might call that a bdsm or whether you just call it um a more top and bottoming kind of power exchange or just things that are said during sex is this something that you want to bleed into the rest of your life uh, uh, I won't give you an example because it might be too horny but you know like things said in the bedroom in one context can be said out of the bedroom I'm not saying it's bedroom necessarily wherever you have sex could be said outside of the sexual space in a different context but it still might be sexy and that might be okay and it might not be okay like do you want it to do you want these kinds of things, these experiences, these uh, roles you might have taken on, memories of uh, what happened to be something that is pervades the entire ecosystem or do you want to try and keep it in the treehouse? I don't know. don't know what an ecosystem looks like. Um, yeah, so think about that. Think about the places, the times, how you navigate, um, how you navigate it how you navigate any spontaneity like if you are going to do spontaneous things how and where do they happen if you're not going to control when they happen how and where might they happen um the other thing to think about here as well which i think is really important and this is something that comes from the uh zine that meg john and i wrote which is like a handbook it's um it's called make your own relationship user guide it's available at megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications for just £2.50 for an instant download. But a lot of people really like that zine and um, that does actually sell well. People uh, love buying that and you can just buy it and print it out or just uh, look at it on your computer or your phone. One of the pages in there is uh, this idea of volume knobs. Um, if you're in a relationship with someone, you might want to think about the overall volume level of different aspects of your relationship, okay? So if you live with someone and you care for someone and you do, for example, um, hobbies with someone or you work with someone, like if you added having sex with them, then that is a lot of your volume levels are quite high and the overall volume level is quite high, okay? So if you're adding in sex to all of the other things that you're doing with the people that you're living with, be aware that that might be raising the overall volume. And when the overall volume is raised, it can just make the day-to-day -day, uh, day -day relationships, the whole sense of a relationship just feel quite you know loud and a bit tricky to deal with. So if you're turning, if you're putting sex in there and you're turning the sex up to you know eight, you might wanna turn some of the other things down a bit, right? Just be aware that if you're adding another thing with more volume and more noise, that you might just be need to be aware of this. This is something that you might also just want to negotiate together, right? And again, this is another 
you might want to put a time limit on this. If you are having any sexy times with your housemate, you might want to say, look, let's, let's, you might want to say, let's try it once and see how we go, which I think is a very good idea. One thing that I don't think we do enough of is the post-match analysis, okay? Um, I think that consent needs to be ongoing. We need to have, have as much conversation before consent as we feel comfortable having, knowing that not everyone feels comfortable having uh, conversations about sex in advance because of the different way that agency is dis disproportionately uh, uh, handed out in society, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think the post-match analysis, once you've done something, how was that? What would work better next time? What didn't work so well? Would this be a thing you're interested in again? But I think this is really important also when you're living together as well to keep those kinds of conversations on the cards. And it might be that you don't have to sit down over the over the dining table that you definitely didn't fuck on the night before and have these kinds of conversations um, face to face. A lot of people might find that quite tricky, but you could do it via text. And again, you could use our the, the zines, the Make Your Own Relationship User Guide zine. We've also got a Make Your Own Sex Manual zine, again, for £2.50 at megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. Um, but also think about whether this is something you want to return to and are you going to put a time limit on, okay, we're going to do this for until well, they're vaccinated or do this until we're allowed to have people over again and then we'll review it, you know. And obviously the sex that you have might change things and you, no matter how allosexual you are, no matter how much you um, can just have sex for sex's sake and have like a recreational attitude to sex, Things do happen when you have sex. You do feel a sense of connection with someone. If you if the sex was really good and you were able to meet each other's needs and you were um, felt comfortable and safe enough to talk about what it is that you wanted and feel that sense of connection, you know there are biological things that happen. Like sex is biopsychosocial, okay, and the our, our attractions, our desires, and sex, the sexual act itself is biopsychosocial. And the bio stuff going on there, you know, the uh, oxytocin kicking off and helping you to tune into the other person and neural pathways mapping onto each other and eyes dilating and frequency of your hearing changing, your vagus tone kicking in, controlling your heart rate, you know, being in, feeling biologically uh, sympathetic with another person, both in an incredibly... Uh, relaxed yet stimulating uh, state that quite frankly not a lot of other people get to experience with you and the other person no matter how many people you may or may not have had sex with means that you can feel quite attached to people so I'm not saying that if you just have sex once you'll immediately fall in love because you live with each other and then you'll go off to have you know heteronormativity a go-go and uh, put ribbons around a car and all that all the other rubbish that uh, that happens but you can't allow for that not happening and so you have to find a way to navigate well what happens if uh we have this sex and it's meant to be recreational and a bit of fun because we're bored as hell and you feel that tremendous sense of connection and that like oof, and you kind of remember things really vividly in that uh, uh it just that you know it can really stay with you in a way that for too many people feels like love it's not love, it's micro moments of positivity resonance. Love is a thing that we do, it's not just a thing that is experienced through the so-called magical vibes of having sex. It's all bullshit, it's all bullshit that Hollywood tell us. But it really does feel pretty strong and intense, okay? So be prepared to have conversations about that as well and saying like, well, obviously because we have the sexy time and we kind of live together, this does kind of, you know, this might look like it's a particular kind of relationship. So what does this mean for a relationship? Are we moving more from a housemate situation to a sexual relationship situation or a romantic sexual relationship situation? Being able to talk about this um, is really important, but it's much easier if you're able to keep everything on the table and start talking about everything. And it sounds dull and it sounds worthy and it sounds uh, like hard work, but honestly, it's good stuff. It's really, really good stuff to be able to talk about this. Um, and I think that if you are able to even have even to have a conversation about the email you sent me and say, look, I just sent Justin from this podcast site, this email, and it's like, uh, you know, I've just been thinking about this and I don't know what to make of it. And I've been having these thoughts and feelings. What I don't know. What, I, I'm interested in what you whether you have any thoughts or feelings about this. Putting things on the table and making the implicit explicit, honestly, for me, I think is 
a good way to go here, but um, do that for everything. Uh, not just the the way, not just as a way to get laid. And honestly, you know, the other thought I have about this is that if you do have something, if you do have this lovely, harmonious, um, pleasurable, safe, comfortable home life, then you could celebrate it by making the implicit explicit. You could be like, I really like what's going on for us here. You know, I said that thing about the sex and it was fine. It was great how we were able to handle that and how we're continuing to, uh, to handle this. But, you know, the way that we look after each other, the way that we're able to be honest with each other, the conversations we have about this, how we how we also do this embodied consent work of just knowing when not to piss each other off and knowing when someone needs a bit of support. I really value this kind of relationship. And uh, I think that that is a really important thing that could be celebrated and something that I think we should all celebrate more. And I think just my last point about this before I continue going on a rant, is that I think that housemate relationships and this kind of like cohabiting, like teamwork kind of relationship or, or like chosen family kind of relationship or um, just new, more different family kind of relationship are so incredibly valuable. Yet we don't think enough about how about the processes by which they can be really good relationships. And actually the, the sad hierarchy, the sad truth about culture and sex and relationships is that housemate relationships are meant to just be like a breeding ground for you to find the the one the person you fall in love with and then you immediately leave your housemates behind i've been in that situation several times and honestly i just find it a bit i find it really sad it's, it makes me sad that it happens i know that you're not supposed to but it does make me really sad when i've had a really good housemate situation uh, and they find love and they go find someone else and it's like it's a real shame we can't be less hierarchical about these kinds of relationships and, and manage all these things together. But that's just me talking about how potentially wonderful a housemate relationship is. But that doesn't mean to say that you should treat it as if it is a fixed object that you shouldn't go near for the sake of damaging. It's I think that you'll find your delicate East Coast system is not actually so delicate. I think you'll probably find that if you are able to articulate some of this stuff, you'll probably find that it's actually pretty uh, robust. It's more like plasticine or clay or mod rock or a whole load of pipe cleaners just like melded together or, you know, make up your own analogy. I'm doing, again, I'm doing all the work here. Right. Uh, if you enjoyed that and you would like me to answer your question in a similar kind of way, then again, email me your question, culturesexrelationships at gmail.com. If you would like to support this show, uh, you can sign up to the Patreon for as much money as you want per month. This will help me. The Patreon explicitly is paying me to create these episodes, which I hope that a lot of you are finding useful. But also it's going to help me pay for interviewees. So I'm paying other freelancers. Uh, if they come on and do an interview with me, I'm paying them out of our Patreon because um, many of us people doing this kind of work and writing about these kinds of things and um, doing podcasts about these things are... Uh, are pretty precariously paid. A lot of us are um, uh, freelance. Most of us are freelance because care work uh, is not valued. So um, if you could support the Patreon, that would be great. Patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. And do tell your friends about this show. Right. Okay. Until next time. Bye.